0: Hi, everyone. It's good to see everybody. Good to see you all here. And hello to everyone that's watching at home. And we are in an amazing series, and it's called Stand Strong. And so far, Mark has done a wonderful job. He has taken us through and he has looked at two pieces of the armor, he's looked at the belt of truth. And the belt of truth is what holds everything together, all the armor together. And that's God's truth. And it's been amazing. And we're living in a time right now where people don't want to hear the truth. But we've got God's truth. And there's so much information out there. And we need to discern what is truth. But you know what? We've got the word of God. We can always find what is true in the word of God. And he also has looked at the breastplate of righteousness. And that's the biggest piece of armour. And it covers our heart. And our heart is drawn to all sorts of things, good and bad. But we have that piece of armour to cover us. And it's the Lord's righteousness that covers us. And today, I'm going to be looking at the shoes, but before I say all of that, I just want to say that this, this um, series has really challenged me because I didn't really think about the armor of God on a regular basis. Every now and again, when I felt like I was under some major attack, I thought about the armor of God. Or sometimes my husband, I would text him, you know, like he'd be at work and I'd be saying, you need to put on the armor of God at work. But, um, you know, I, or just in his daily, you know, life. And um, But after just hearing this wonderful series so far, it has challenged me that we need to put on the armor of God daily, daily, not in some religious ritual, but we need to think about it because we are in a battle on a daily basis. We battle with temptation. We battle with self-destruction. We battle with being an instrument to destroy other people. And I'll be honest with you, something happened to me last week where I, I was an instrument. I don't know if anyone is like me, but even though I speak, I come up here and I preach, but I can use my mouth as a, as a weapon, like a hand grenade, especially to my husband. And I will just throw some things out there and then psh, causes an argument. Is anyone like that or is it just me? Anyone can put their hand up okay, oh, there's a man now, cool, okay. (laughs) All right, and I do that, and because of technology, I can do it via text as well, and I do a lot sometimes, and I did that to Al. He was out and I sent him a text, and I knew it was wrong because I got really hot. I was reacting rather than responding to a situation, and I texted him, and I just, my heart started beating really fast, and then I pressed send, and because I've been studying this, I, I actually thought, hang on a minute, Denise, what are you doing? What is the problem here? Why are you doing this? And when I looked at it, we're going through something, and I am afraid. I actually thought, do you know what? It's fear. It's fear and it's insecurity. And once I realized that, I thought, you know what? I'm going to delete this. And you know what? Thank God for WhatsApp, and you can delete a message. And so I clicked on it, and I pressed delete, and it said, delete for everyone. I was like, yes, he hasn't seen it yet. So anyway, deleted for everyone, and I left it, and I dealt with what was the problem inside me. Anyway, he comes home, and he's feeling really upset. The reason why he's upset is that he's at his mum's house. Now, his mum passed away last year, and he was at her house, and he saw something that she just left. She's a restorer, and she made swabs with cotton wool, and she, he just found some, and it just caused him to think of her, and he was so upset. And he told me when he saw this and how, when he felt bad, and it was at the same time when I sent him that text. And I just thought, look at that. Because I'm dealing with fear, the enemy used me as a fortress to launch an attack at him. But fortunately, everything was um, dealt with. We are in a battle. We need to put on the armor of God on a daily basis now, the armor of God is found in the book of Ephesians, and that's written by Paul, probably when he was at, um, in prison, and it's a letter to the church of Ephesus. And the whole book is about relationships. It's about our vertical relationship, relationship with God through Jesus Christ, and it's about relationships with other people. And then at the end, he, t- he encourages us to put on the armor of God. And there's a few things that we learn. Before we even know what the armor is, there's a few things that we learn about the armor of God. And the first thing is that we are on the winner's side of the battle. We don't even have to fight. We just stand. As the title of this series, Stand Strong. We just have to stand. We're on the winner's side. And when I think of that, I think one of my favorite stories in the Bible about King Jehoshaphat is found in 2 Chronicles um, 20. And he, he's a king. He had, to, he had this massive army that was going to come and try and destroy him and his whole kingdom. And so somebody in his camp prophesies, and I'm just going to read it out. It's in, in 2 Chronicles 20 verse 15. You can see the whole text on the screen, but I'm just going to read out a little bit. And um, the person says, do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. And then in verse 17, I'm going to read out a bit. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. We are in a battle, and we are on the winner's side. We just got to stand I've mentioned before in another preach that I met this messianic rabbi, and when we spoke, and I, before I left him, he said, Denise, remember, we are in a war, so we enjoy it. And I thought that was a bit weird, but we are. We're in a war, and the battle has been won, so let's enjoy it. It's a bit like being on a roller coaster, and some people are holding on because they're so scared, and some people, they're just so secure, and they're so happy, and they just know everything's going to be all right, and they're going down the road, you know, all the way down, and they just put their hands up, going, wee, because it's fun. I'm not saying that going through a battle is fun. It's not fun at times, but we're on the winner's side. We've got nothing to worry about. The next thing is all the armor comes from God. All the armor comes from God. We don't need to find this armor. It doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. It doesn't matter who you're connected to. It doesn't matter if you know your Bible from, you know, you've read it, back you know, cover to cover. It doesn't matter. That is not your armor. It's not you. It's God. You need God's armor because you're battling with temptation and all sorts of things. You need God, not yourself. I remember being at a conference, and there was these kids. They were so naughty, really, really bad. And um, this lady went to tell them off, and she went to the ringleader, and she said, you should know better because your dad's the pastor. And I just thought, poor boy. At the end of the day, he's still human. It's not hit what he knows or who he's connected to. We need the armor because we all battle. We're We're in a spiritual battle, The next thing is, um, with God, we can stand against the devil's schemes. There's nothing that he throws at us that is just so bad that it just swallows us up. Or like if we're tempted, it's just so much that we might as well just give in to temptation so that we can get over it and regret it and then move on. No, we can stand with God through whatever he does. And then the next thing is the battle is not between people. It's a spiritual battle. Whatever you face, whatever conflict that is going on, it's not about you and the other person. It's a spiritual battle going on. So what is this battle? Why are we in a battle anyway? Well, God loves us so much. He is absolutely besotted by us. He can't stop thinking about us. can't stop looking at us. He knows so much about us. He wants to have communion with us. He absolutely loves us. And he wants to live in us through Jesus Christ. And do you know how amazing that is? The creator of the universe, the king of kings, Absolutely loves you and is there for you, wants to live inside of you. Do you know how much power that is? Do you really understand that? And you see, the enemy doesn't want you to know that. He doesn't want you to know that you've got some powerful backup with you. He doesn't want to know the authority you have in Christ. And as Mark mentioned a couple of weeks back, that the, the enemy is not God, he's a created being. And so he can't destroy God. But what he does do is try and destroy the image of God in you. You see, he has come, as it says in John 10.10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. That's Jesus speaking there. You see, he's come. He wants to get to God through you because in him, we are powerful in God. We are powerful. The enemy wants to destroy the image of God in you. And also he knows, the enemy knows that God loves us so much, that we're so precious to him, that if, he, if the enemy gets to us, we hurt God or he hurts God because God loves us so much. So that's why he attacks us. That's why the enemy attacks us. And so a lot of people feel that when things happen in their life, that's, you know, that's, spiritu- that's a spiritual attack. Like maybe if their car breaks down, that's a spiritual attack, or maybe they didn't get the job and that's a spiritual attack, and that isn't. The event itself is not the spiritual attack, it's the lie that comes with it. So if your car breaks down and you start looking at all the people around you, like all your neighbors, and they've got all these lovely cars, and you think, I drive this stupid little car. You know what? My worth is in that car. People think that I'm nothing because I drive that car. That's the lie. That's the attack. When you think you need to get something to to make yourself more worth it. The attack isn't when you didn't get that job. The attack is when you believe that lie that nobody wants to employ you, you're never going to get that job. You're never going to get a really good job that you enjoy. In fact, why even bother pray to God? Because he doesn't care about you. Yeah, he cares about everyone else, but not you. That's the attack. When you start believing the lies, that why should we even bother? Why should we even ask God for the desires of our heart? Because he clearly doesn't care. That is the attack, not the event. When you look at Instagram and you see an image And you feel really strange. The attack is not the image. The attack is not seeing a bunch of people you know have fun and you're thinking, why didn't they invite me? How come I'm seeing them all have fun? Why am I not there? That's not the attack that they didn't invite you. It's when you believe that nobody likes you. In fact, when you start thinking of all the horrible things you've done and everyone knows that and that's the reason why they don't talk to you and that's the reason why they haven't invited you. In fact, do you know what? Nobody, you might as well just isolate yourself because. Nobody cares. That's the attack. That's when you believe the lie. He's trying to destroy the image of God in us, make us think that we're not worth it. We're nothing. And he also knows that we've got God, we've got the, the creator of the universe loving us. He doesn't want you to know that. He doesn't want to know that God is absolutely beside by you, who just wants to just be in communion with you. And so you doubt. Your relationship, you doubt whether he's there, you doubt whether he even hears you if he cares about you. That's if when you, when, you, when you believe in the enemy's lies, that's the attack we need to put on our armor. So as I said to you, I'm going to be looking at the shoes and I'll be honest with you, when, when I think of the armor of God, I don't really think about the shoes. In fact, when Mark asked me, could you preach about the shoes? I was thinking, the shoes, Really? Really, out of all of them, Easter I've got the whole two weeks with my kids, and I've got to think about a preach about the shoes. And I thought, that's how I felt. But the shoes are amazing. They are absolutely amazing. Now, when I even read the verse, it didn't even make sense to me. So the verse, Ephesians six, verse fifteen, it says, "And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace." What does that mean? That's what I thought. So I looked at it in a different version. I looked at it in the Living Bible, and it says, wear shoes that are able to speed you on as you preach the good news of peace with God. And so when I read that, I immediately thought of my daughter. See, a couple of weeks ago, she wanted to walk into town. We walked into town. It takes about 20 minutes with a five-year-old takes about 10 for me. And so um, she said, can I wear my Wellingtons? And I thought, yeah, wear your Wellingtons. Get some use out of them before you grow out of them. And she's wearing these Wellingtons, and it was the wrong shoe. She was literally sliding like this. So a 20-minute walk became a 45-minute walk. And it made me think, do you know what? She should have worn her trainers so she could actually march, you know, with speed into town. And it got me thinking about shoes that I have because I, I, I do fitness, and I've got a few different types of trainers. I've got a running shoe. I have a cross trainer, and I also do spin, and so then I have shoes where I can click into the bike. I've got spinning shoes. You need a specific shoe that, um, that will help you to spread the gospel of peace. And so Paul is um, the whole armor of God is based on a Roman soldier. And so when you look at the shoes that he's talking about, these shoes have spikes on the soles. We've got an image, it might come up, but we, these shoes have spikes and they're sandals. There you go. And so with those spikes, they are able to move forward and those spikes would help them to be rooted into the ground. And if the enemy came to try and push them, it would be really hard to go back. And that is the same with the gospel, is that we're meant to move forward, be progressive. And when the enemy tries to come and attack, we are rooted into the ground. We are rooted into the gospel, and we cannot move back. And so these shoes are amazing They are a weapon. They are a double-edged weapon. You see, the gospel changes us, it restores us, it heals us, but it's also a weapon to destroy the enemy's kingdom. They are amazing. The gospel is a double-edged weapon. So, what I'm going to do now is just show you three practical ways to have your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Three practical ways. The first is to know the gospel and believe it for yourself. Know the gospel and believe it yourself. And if you do not know the gospel, the gospel is this. God loves us. He made us to have communion with him. He made us to be close to him but there's the choice to obey him or disobey him. And so there was disobedience and sin came into this world. We were all born sinners, all born sinners. We were made to plug into God and to be connected to God, but we connect with all sorts of things other than God because of sin. We're born into sin. And the price of sin, sin is destructive and it ends up in death. And because God loves us so much, he does not want us to die, that he came down in the form of a human being in, in, as, his, um, as his son, Jesus Christ. He lived here and then he paid the price and he died on the cross for all sin. As someone said to me the, uh, this week, if it's God's will, it's his bill. And he paid the price. He paid the price for, for sin And died on the cross, but he rose again. He rose again. And because of that, we have life. All we have to do is to accept him as our savior, and then we live with him. That is the gospel. That is the gospel. And the thing is, many of us know that. We may have been aware of it. Maybe somebody in our life has accepted the gospel, and we are just living on their belief. Maybe a a parent or a spouse, they have accepted Jesus Christ, and you have seen the changes in them, and so you just live through their changes, but you've never really accepted Christ as your personal saviour. Maybe you come from a Christian household where you know it's the right thing to believe in God, but you haven't actually accepted Christ as your savior. That was like me. I came from a very religious background, and I remember after like, maybe going to church for 10 years, I sat down and I realized that God was calling me to say, Denise, are you going to accept me? Are you going to let me into your heart? So, maybe there's somebody here, there's somebody in the audience right now, there's somebody watching at home where you're thinking, have I actually accepted the gospel for myself? Maybe you have, but you just have forgotten about it. You've just forgotten. You don't actually think about what Christ has done for you. But we need to know the gospel for ourselves. The second is to share with others how the gospel has changed our life, how, how the gospel has changed your life. And how we do that is just to share that, Share our, just give our testimony. Our testimony is, is constantly developing, you know. Um, when you accept Jesus Christ as your saviour, things are changing all the time, you're growing, and there's so many more stories or things that experiences that you you have with him. Share that. And right now, we're in a position where we're around our neighbours more. We're around people who are local to us. Get around people who don't know about Jesus and share your testimony. Share what God has done for you. I love listening to people who have been on the Alpha course. And you get some stories where people said, I didn't even, I didn't even want you to, 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 to be on the course. I came because somebody else asked me to do it. And then I met Jesus. And now my life has changed. But just be around people who don't know anything about Jesus. Because it will naturally, hopefully, it should come out. There are some parents, there's a mum that I know who's worried at the moment. She's worried about her son because he's growing up. He's actually in in the same class as my son. And my son, he he was once this little five-year-old running about where I could just say, you know, get up, run around, sit down, be quiet. And now there's all these emotions and I'm like, oh my goodness, what do I do with this? And she feels the same way. And she said to me, that her husband is afraid because he hasn't had a really good relationship with his father. He doesn't know how to father his son in the right way. And he's got a lot of resentment for his dad. And I just thought, I need to tell her about forgiveness. In fact, I said to her, he needs to learn to forgive his dad. And she goes, how does he do that? And then it made me think, I've got to share the gospel. I've got to share my testimony I've got to share what God has done for me and how I can forgive others because of what God has done for me. So get around people who don't know anything about Jesus. Sometimes it's easy to be around people who do, but just get in there, get in the schools, get around your workmates and have conversations with them. And then something will happen. They may have a problem. There's so much anxiety at the moment. And this is where you can spread the gospel of peace. So I just encourage you to do that and just be yourself. Just say what God has done for you. When I first started preaching, I remember I needed something to say, and I Googled it because I thought, let me see if I can say it in a really eloquent way, and I struggled to find something. And I just felt God say to me, Denise, forget that. Just tell them what I've done. Just tell them what I've done for you. My verse, when I think about preaching, my verse that I use Is found in Revelations 12, verse 11, and it's, you will overcome him, the enemy, by the blood of the lamb and by your testimony, because of what God has done. You will overcome him, you'll overcome the devil by the blood of the lamb and by what he has done, what God has done for you. So just share it I was at Rise a couple of weeks ago, and this lady, a wonderful lady, Elizabeth, she's got this amazing um, um, brand, and she was just sharing what God has done for her. She was in a certain position, and then God just changed everything about her. And it was so amazing because she was speaking from the heart. She was speaking from what God has done for her, and it was so powerful. It changed me. It lifted me up. It changed my entire day just by hearing her testimony your testimony is powerful. And then the last thing and can the band come up please is to live by the gospel. When you accept it, live it. Follow Christ's teaching. Look at the gospels and he's telling us how we need to live. He he says that the greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind all your strength. Not to love the world, but to love him. And we can love God because he first loved us. Because we accept his love, we can then love him. It's his love that he gives us where we can love him back. And then the second commandment, Jesus says, is to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love the image of God inside you. Respect the image of God in you. Respect it, love it, and care for yourself. And then love other people and love them and care for them and serve them, do good by them, be kind to them, smile at them, talk to them, do what God is calling you to do to help others. Let's be different to the culture. Let's not just think about ourselves and protect ourselves because that's all we've got. We get all the love from God so we can do good to other people. Let's not listen to the, to the culture of, 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 of what the enemy, the kingdom, the enemy's kingdom, this culture where he is just showing you that you know what, you need to just think about having things to gain value. Think, not even believe that God is for you. Not even believe that he listens to you, but you need to just focus on things of this world to get a sense of who you are. But no, God is calling us to love, receive his love and to love others and love ourselves, respect the image of God in ourselves. So that is how we can wear the shoes fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. So I'm just going to pray right now for you. You can just stay where you are. But we're all in different places, and maybe there's been certain things that has touched you here. But I just want to thank, I just want to ask God, or just thank God, thank you so much that you are the greatest being, and yet you want a relationship with us. You love us. And you don't want us to perish. You want us to be safe and to live with you forever. And I thank you, Lord, that even though we're in a battle, the battle has already been won. And all we have to do is stand. That's all we have to do. And some of us right now are in a battle and it's so easy to focus on the situation But Lord, help us to just know it's your battle and all we do is need to take our place and trust in you, put on your armour. And for anyone here right now listening, if you want to make Jesus your Saviour, just say this prayer with me. Dear Lord Saviour, dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and I ask you for forgiveness. I believe that you died on the cross to save me. You paid the price for my sins and then you rose from the dead. And you are alive. Lord, I turn away from my sins and I ask you, Lord, to please come into my heart and come into my life. I now want to trust you and I want to follow you and make you my saviour. Thank you, Lord. So Lord, I just ask you to help us to put on the shoes. Help us to just know, your, just know the gospel and to believe it, Lord. And where we've taken it for granted, please help us to focus on it and live by it. Help us to share our testimony. Help us to not be afraid. Help us to step out where you may be calling us to speak to someone who needs to know the good news. Help us not to be afraid and just share what has happened to us. Please be more real than what we see in the world. Thank you so much in Jesus' name. Amen.